2: Hello and welcome to No Olds Bard Season 3. I'm joined by Dick Bush. How you doing, my friend?
1: I'm doing good. How are you?
2: I'm really good. I'm really good. I think I'm going to ask the most obvious question in the world here and something that you, no doubt, have been asked before. But having been a director of pornography for 10 years, Dick Bush isn't your real name, is it?
1: Dick Bush, I. well, yeah, it is kind of my real name, <laughs> yeah. My name's Richard. Richard Bush, Rick Bush <laughs> to my friends, but yeah. Dick Bush in the industry. Dick Bush, that way no one will know the real me.
2: <laughs> so tell me how you got started in in the industry. What, what, what was your first steps into it?
1: So it was about 16 years ago, not 10 years ago. Sorry, my bad. And um, I just graduated from the London Film School with my MA in filmmaking, ready to head out into the world and become a proper filmmaker. And a colleague of mine from the film school, Alex, um, was work- had founded a job at this production company called Relish. And... Uh, He was working there as a production manager and an editor, which was this porn company called Relish. And he said, you should come along um, and, you know, for an interview to be an assistant editor. We're looking for assistant editors. And we're at this party at the film school and we're drunk and we're thinking, oh my God, can you imagine if if we were able to write and direct a porn film, we'd make it the most classy, (laughs) amazing porn film that anyone could have made. We're like, yeah, I know, man, because we know how to make films. (laughs) And and I said, okay, I'll come down for an interview. That's fine. And he said, I'm probably not going to get the job because there are more people going with more experience in editing. And I said, that's fine and i turned up so you had a master's
2: you had a master an ma in film production film
1: in filmmaking yeah
2: filmmaking so but they're they're going to be people more qualified than you going for a job at a porn company
1: yeah there are going to be people who have actually had a job as an editor going for this assistant editor job right right and uh yeah they I spoke with the the bosses, Jasper and Harry, and they seemed to like me. And then they locked me in a their editing room for about twenty minutes and had me edit hardcore porn for twenty minutes.
2: What was you presented with? Like what in in its rawest forms? It just seen like like uh, various bits, or was it just the from when, when the camera started
1: to when it ended? And they said, right, do something with that. So they had an entire scene that they had shot with lots and lots of clips or completely unedited. And they said, here's the raw footage of a a scene we recently shot. Do whatever you want, you've got 20 minutes. And which is a bit overwhelming. And especially because it was an avid uh, editing system. And I'd recently been working on Final Cut and I was like, oh my God, how does this work again? I had to call in my friend Alex, just show me how to open a project.
2: Yeah. So, for people that don't know, but... those are two, two both uh, f- um, video editing software, but di- completely different to use. Right? It's like, uh,
1: yeah, they're they're similar, but they're they're a different. It's like, um, I don't know, Apple and Android phones. They're similar functions, but different um, operating Mechanism. systems. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, managed to get. Um, everything open and started editing and i I had a sneaky look at what the previous guy who was there for an interview had edited i opened his project and he'd edited all of the acting bits which led up to the sex which (laughs) makes sense that's what i was about to do and but i figured well okay they know that we can edit Normal things. They want to see what we're like editing the sex, surely. Yeah. So I decided, okay, fuck all the um, the acting stuff. I'm just going to start at the blow job and work my way forward from there.
2: <laughs> so uh, what you compiled must have been a masterpiece because you got the job. Uh,
1: apparently so. Like as if in answer, Harry poked his head round the door and said, "Oh, and dick. Lots of close-ups. Okay." Gave me a thumbs up. <laughs> left me. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, So I did that, lots of close-ups, putting all the shots down. And yeah, 20 minutes later, Harry came back in, said, how are you getting on? And I say, whoa, just hold on. I'm just building up to a crescendo. Let me put these clips down. (laughs) And they drag me off the computer and and send me home. And I didn't hear back from them for a couple of days, assumed I wasn't really going to hear back from them. But then my... um, my friend Alex calls me, very excited, and says, "Do you want the job?" And <laughs> I go, uh, "Okay, I guess. I, I wasn't planning on getting the job, but all right. You don't say no to work when you're fresh out of um, f- of film school, I guess."
2: Hmm. Does, but and, is is it is it like a once you're in, you're in? Because because your story doesn't it's not unfamiliar to me. I've heard that you, other people that have ended up in the adult industry. Where they started, I did a, a, an interview in this series with a um, a porn star called Shona River or Shona Rivers. Yeah,
1: I've worked with her.
2: Wow. Well, there you go. So she she had a similar entry in that there was a, a friend of hers that said, you, "We know this guy, and he has rooms, and you you won't have to do anything, but you you can you know just you know it's cams, and you know it's well paid." And then obviously her career um, blossomed. Uh, from from there and she became a massive, massive star. So it's, it, that, that doesn't surprise me. But di, did you, I, I guess at that stage, you were just thinking, it's a job, it's something to do, I need money or whatever. And, it, you know, we'll just, this is a stopgap until I get a film entered into Cannes or something.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I thought, okay, um, I'm actually making money, which in this industry of, of filmmaking and all filmmaking, everyone fresh out of the film school was getting jobs as um a runner which is very low paid or just not paid at all yeah which is very common to just get a a job which isn't paid but it gets you into um a filmmaking or into a production company or something Mm -hmm. and i was the only one amongst my group of friends from the film school that actually had a, a proper paid job it wasn't well paid but it was it was good enough Better than nothing, and it was fun as well, like you I got to tell people, yeah I'm working for this porn company it's ridiculous <laughs> what
2: what's um what what did your I, I presume you didn't tell parents and close friends in that first instance, or was you really open with it?
1: uh no, I'm always open with it, and even before I got the job and our, and this was just before I went for the interview, I was speaking to my mum, so I was living in London. My parents still lived back in Cambridge, and I had to phone them and say, "Yes, yeah, so I've got a job interview. It's for a production company. What, what do they make? What kind of films?" Well, they kind of make porn. And I hear this little voice in the background saying, "Mummy, what's porn?" And my mum goes, "Rick, you're on speakerphone. Your sister's in the back. My twelve-year-old sister in the back." Um, <laughs> Mommy, what is porn? You're going to have to tell her that, Rick. <laughs> so, yeah, you... I told them.
2: it was... Uh, I think I... They're okay? With...
1: Yeah, my my mum didn't really tell people what I was doing. She would say, yeah, he works in the film industry. Oh, really? What kind of things does he make? And then she just quickly changed the subject. My dad, I think, was just happy that I had a job because I think when I told him I wanted to be a filmmaker he just thought oh my god i'm going to be paying for this guy for the rest of my life
2: mm. and what uh, what what's what was your trajectory like through the production of porn like so you started out as an assistant editor and yeah. and and was your was it um um you know fast rise to being a director of pornography or was it a slow burn
1: um a little bit of both so i within in the first 2 weeks working there Uh, My job was to rough edit their latest movie, which was about a pub called The Cockwell Inn. Brilliant. And, and, um, And I was supposed to rough edit it and then hand it over to my friend Alex, who would do the final edit. But he was busy doing lots of work on their previous movie. So I ended up editing the entire thing myself. And they were impressed with that. And... I told them I had access to a steady cam that we could use. And so they said, Oh, do you want to come and shoot our next movie using the steady cam? And I go, Okay, I guess so.
2: So a steady cam for those people don't is, is uh, you, you fasten it to yourself and you can walk around with it without it jolting and moving.
1: Yeah, that's it. This big old contraption strapped to you with these arms with springs and stuff, which keeps the camera steady. So I within two weeks into- of working there
2: you get into some good positions with that camera more so than a static kind camera. of all uh, right it's
1: it's sort of it's too big it's 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 way too much equipment to use for porn to be honest unless you're shooting some kind of action movie and you're doing lots of running which we weren't we're just using it because we had it yeah but it it was um i don't know, it was kind of annoying and, and hot as well but yeah so within two weeks of working there i was on set filming people fucking, which was weird, really yeah. weird.
2: I was going to ask that. So, so so what, how do you, how do you, what is that change like from having, living, living a normal life in, in inverted commas to doing something that absolutely, or I would say it's got to be about 99% of the people listening to this and certainly around Great Britain are, interested in even if they don't talk about it so it's completely normal but it's completely abnormal production of it for many people is abnormal right and is, that, is that fair to say so what was it like when you you went from that sort of normal life in inverted commas to, to 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 being in a room and watching people fuck
1: it was there was some kind of normality to it because when you're holding a camera you're looking at the screen and not at the people in front of you, really. You're just concentrating on that screen. So you're slightly removed from what's going on and you just concentrate on that screen. But every now and then I'd look up and see that people just going at it like six feet in front of me and just it's just weird. So you just go back to the screen and just concentrate on that. So you are a little bit removed from everything. But I remember after that first day of shooting, uh, heading home in a taxi, and just thinking that I, I all everyone in london has no idea that i just did this i just shot yeah. a porno and and feeling like i had this huge secret and that i was better than everyone in some way <laughs> No, no, and that's I the only way i can describe it no i understand
2: it's understand it's like when you when something magical has happened to you not saying that this is mad i mean it might have been magical for you but when something what's, what's the word when something that jolts you or something that you, you experience something that is the the, the the vast majority of people haven't done certainly in that day and thinking i've just done that yeah. i can understand that completely it's uh it's a it's a strange and quite addictive feeling i guess um so so what what's what what is a so for what what we see on the internet or you know historically on tapes and DVDs and whatnot that is a condensed shoot and as as with any shoot of any filming uh, film there are lots of rushes and lots of time spent filming and to get down to a product that is something that is consumable by people at home what what is the reality then of a a typical porn shoot how how long does it last um. Yeah, what what's it like? Well, I have no idea.
1: Well, back then, um we were shooting two scenes in a day, so we'd um would be and it wasn't sort of acting stuff. It was all very gonzo, reality-ish shoots, so picking up a girl from the street or because we were doing movies called Fresh Off the Bus 1, 2 and 3 where we'd um uh, pick up a girl from the train station or a bus station, and then we give her a makeover, and then introduce her to a guy, and they do it. It was really simple stuff, um, and we do two of those scenes in a day, and we'd get and we'd start sort of midday, and then get done at maybe eleven o'clock at night. So long and, day, uh, yeah, pretty long day. Um, but then when uh, now. I'm shooting for bigger companies like com. We shoot one scene a day and the day is a little bit more relaxed and it tends to be a kind of nine to five and we have makeup in the morning. We shoot all the acting that leads up to the sex. We break for lunch and then after lunch, we shoot the sex and that's it. We go home.
2: So what? What? what is... Um, so, So how long... So, say a sex scene in, in a porno, porno lasts I don't know what typical it might be 10 minutes is that fair to say
1: usually about 30 minutes oh 30 so minutes. we do scenes yeah we do scenes that are about 30 minutes and maybe there's about four minutes of acting and then the rest is sex
2: and and how long does the sex part have to how long is the filming for the sex part is it 30 minutes or, or how how much do you do it how of it that you cut
1: down to 30 minutes uh it depends sometimes we can do it all in one go and it takes about 30 minutes um usually there's a couple of breaks in there the the performers are always able to just say hey can I get two minutes or can I grab a drink can we grab some more lube um, <clears throat> and we'll take a break um, I, I we usually if we give, if we say we've got an hour to shoot the sex, that you, then we we get it done within an hour, and we mm. shoot thirty minutes worth of sex. And did, did, yeah, what what's the sort of what's the sort of?
2: I I don't want to reduce this, but I've got to ask it, catch, just out of curiosity. What what's the kind of worst things that you've seen on set, like things that you that aren't don't make it into the final edit? Like what's common that we wouldn't know about the uh, about the filming of a uh, or the sex scenes in in pornography?
1: Oh, buddy, the horrors that I have seen. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, We've done quite a few anal scenes in our time. And if you don't douche properly, there can be accidents. And it's very often that when you're doing anal sex and you pull out, there will be a little chunk on the end of the cock sometimes. You give it a wipe. You carry on.
2: Yeah, well, so it's quite a professional attitude to that sort of stuff. In not, you have to have a
1: professional attitude. Yeah, you can't just go, oh, that's gross. Oh, look. <laughs> you don't want to make these people feel uncomfortable. You just say, hey, cool, let's go get a wipe. Someone will come in with a wipe, and, um, and you carry yeah, on. Because if, this if you're professional, is that... it happens.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the thing is, is like, it's it's unfair to get freaked out by that. Certainly unfair on the girl and actually whoever's receiving depending on what you're watching but it's it's completely natural right for that to happen what isn't completely natural is to have anal sex for ten minutes straight with a guy with a massive cock so if something like that happens it shouldn't be the end of the world
1: no no not at all um there there have been accidents like massive accidents uh when I was first working uh, it was a girl's first anal scene and she'd douched but she hadn't washed all of the liquid out Oh and we got into a reverse cowgirl position with this girl and this guy and as soon as she came off the cock all this liquid just kind of poured out of her all over the guy and it was epic it was just wow must must have been mortified she was very embarrassed the guy was just oh my god (laughs) our second cameraman was dry heaving in the corner and um she was really apologetic we said it's fine it's fine we got some towels cleaned it up Uh, i think the makeup artist took her off to um clean her up and took a 10 minute break and then everyone sort of came back and we got back into it.
2: What, what, what is the what's, the... what's the correct procedure if you want to avoid
1: that from happening? When you say douche, I don't really know what that... What does that mean? So when a girl is cleaning out her asshole, they use this device called a douche, which is almost like a, a, a squeezy bottle syringe type thing which you put into your asshole. You can also use it for your vagina and you, you sort of inject water into you which then washes everything out and you and you do that to to clean yourself so there's no crap inside you basically okay so
2: that's the standard practice if anyone's asking or wondering out there that's what you need to do um is it what i wonder can you mentioned about gonzo which is kind of reality style porn right um and then before that i i I, I, i'm not sure if this chronologically works before that it seemed to be uh, that porn was slightly different and like storylines and characters and actors were more intrinsic and then it did sort of seem to shift towards this more reality-based stuff and more real, if you like, based stuff. Is that Did you notice a, a shift in, in attitudes or, or, or what people wanted?
1: So when I started, it was 2006 and nearly everyone was doing Donzo stuff just because we're shooting on digital tape, DV tape at that time. And it's just easier to point a camera at people and then just improvise something. And it seemed like the audience did just want to see sort of fake reality. That's what Gonzo is. And nobody really did storyline stuff. I think just because, because it's hard to do it right, you have to write a script you have to shoot like a filmmaker and and have it edited like a film and put maybe put music on it and all that takes effort and work and at the time because everything was so cheap to make cameras and tapes and stuff the people making porn weren't filmmakers they were just people with cameras if you see what i mean so it's yeah, much easier just to shoot reality based stuff rather than um, storyline film type things. But that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to shoot storylines and stuff. And I kept pitching them ideas. Let's do this kind of film. Let's make an action movie. Let's do some guns and stuff, because that's what I love doing. And they kept saying, no, it'll look shit. It'll, you know, we, we can't afford to make it look good. And um, we were doing one scene. Called Ascapades, a series called Ascapades, which is again Gonzo, and I—I I was the presenter, and I had a briefcase full of money, and and I was, I, and I got given these challenges to find this type of person and get them to have sex with this kind of person. It was almost like Challenge Annika, but porno. <laughs> uh, and uh, for Ascapades three, Missionary Impossible. <laughs> I filmed I filmed this little gunfight at the beginning where me and my friend Alex are just shooting guns at each other and we put these uh, muzzle flashes on these um, BB guns that we had and then I get a phone call saying we need more ascapades and I'm like I'm on my way and then the movie starts <laughs> and they loved that they're like oh my god this is amazing and um, they had a little meeting about it and then they came into the editing room and said Dick we've had a little discussion, and we've decided to greenlight your action porno.
2: <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs>
1: so what was that called, your action porno? That was called Girls With Guns. That's good. And it was five scenes which started with some kind of shootout, no dialogue, and then ended with sex. No dialogue throughout the entire thing. And I still got a massive poster of it in my office right now um it's it's a really cool film i mean it looks kind of shitty now because it was shot on dv it's not in hd yeah but it was a really fun movie to make and i i think all of the um the performers in it love doing it because no one was making this kind of stuff at the time everyone was making gonzo no one makes action porno with guns and stuff
2: <laughs> was it
1: a commercial success i think so because we did a sequel uh, Girls with Guns two, um, <laughs> and it was it was shown on the adult channel, and yeah, DVDs were sold, and we had all these posters made up for sex shops to put up in, in the in the shops and things. But who cares if it was a success? I, I never make stuff thinking, oh, this might sell well. I just want, I just make stuff that I think that I want to see or I'm going to have fun making.
2: Well, I guess I guess I asked that question because I just ha- I had this lovely image of you going on to become like a powerhouse in this uh, this story led you know like a resurgence a renaissance of what proper porn should be and it started with you and your mate shooting guns at each other. So I quite like the start That's Yeah, a, a, a yeah, that
1: that was the start of it, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, after a couple of years at being at Relish, they lost their contract with Playboy, who owned the adult channel. And that was a big part of their income. And so they had to let go all of the production department and they brought us back freelance to shoot a couple more movies. But then a photographer guy who was working for Relish started his own production company and said, Dick, can you come and shoot some movies for me? I'll give you this much money. And it was like so much more than what I was getting for Relish. And I said, yeah, okay. So I started making um, like a movie every other month for this new company called Kaizen Triple X. And we were shooting for Television X at that time. And I got to write all of the scripts and shoot, direct and edit and do everything. And I got, you know, they were like, oh, what should we do next? I don't know. Let's do superheroes. Great. And so we made a, a movie called Power Girls, which is superheroes. Uh, What do we want to do now? I don't know. I've always wanted to do like a horror movie. Okay, let's do a horror movie. So we made Screwed, which is a sort of a play on uh, the Saw movies.
2: Oh, Saw, okay.
1: Yeah, so people got... Yeah, go on. So in every situation, these people uh, are backpacking and they arrive at this um, place where they stay and then they fall asleep and they wake up and they're in some kind of dungeon with a contraption or some kind of escape room scenario and there's a voiceover saying you have to do this or this or this will happen and you die. So the first episode was a guy and he had this contraption on his head with two screws pointing at his skull and he had to make this woman uh, orgasm within 20 minutes or the screws will get screwed into his uh, brain and he doesn't manage it He doesn't. Do he it. dies at the end <laughs> no you've got to, no none of them succeed they all fail because you want to you want a death scene at the end right yeah and it's not often that you get to play with like fake blood and stuff in a porno um oh
2: you went so you went like it was pretty macabre
1: oh yeah 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 so in the the that first scene with the screws we just got a close up of his head, like the camera zooms in and he's screaming. And then we had a syringe with a tube attached to somewhere in his face, and it would just run blood down his face as he was screaming. And that's how the scene ends. I
2: mean, look, honestly, that's the worst thing I'd want to see close to climax because, like, it's like you know, you know, when you've you've been you've knocking one out, and then after you go, oh god, I'm disgusted with myself, and then you're confronted with a man being excruciatingly killed. <laughs>
1: Yep, I literally do not give a shit.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh.
1: inadvertently by doing that you create these movies which people start talking about and going oh my god you've got to see this and sort of passing them around and and stuff
2: of course yeah yeah definitely um what 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 did you make about the change in the industry in terms of um the, the the how people consume it so television x might have been one thing playboy tv might have been another sex shops and dvds and that kind of thing was one thing and then obviously things like streaming uh no sort of youtube style sites like i don't know pornhub um changed it com- completely didn't it did it did it affect you in terms of your work and were people in the industry worried about the impact that sort of free porn on, on the internet would have
1: um yeah so when i started dvds were sort of on their way out, kind of. They were still, people were selling a lot, but um, it was, internet sites were just starting with porn, and, um, and I think we were thinking, like, what? Yeah, there was this struggle in the industry. Like, what's going to be the future? This seems like it's the future. Do we still sell DVDs? Do we not? But I've never been a producer i've always been the guy uh, making them so it's never really been my decision to do what how to to sell this stuff yeah or to worry yeah i've never had any worries um but it was obvious that online was going to be the future of everything it was just a matter of how to properly monetize that and as soon as something's online it seemed like people were giving it away for free almost so it was really difficult to to monetize it completely but um and yeah Pornhub and places like that did kind of revolutionize everything and they created a way to for production companies to monetize stuff by giving away free bits but then upselling to their own websites and, and stuff like that that's how those sites work but yeah it I was only fans I... that really revolutionized like the whole industry really go on so when only fans started and people um models in particular so th- there were some models that had their own websites, but it costs money to make a website and it costs money to hire someone to manage your websites, or you had to be very knowledgeable about websites in order to um, run them smoothly. And yeah. then OnlyFans comes along and the people in the industry saw that, oh, wow. Okay. So I could, it's just like Twitter, but I can put stuff, I can put sex on here and then people have to pay to follow me. It was like this um, light bulb moment where I don't think OnlyFans was supposed to be for porn at the beginning. It was supposed to be sort of for celebrities. Yeah, Uh, But porn just took over it and it made so much money and it gave um, models a way to monetize their own content and become their own bosses. And they didn't have to wait for a production company to hire them for work. Suddenly they could just make their own movies on their phone and upload that. And, and they're, they're their own producers, they're their own bosses. And it was just incredibly empowering for models not to have to rely on production companies for their income
2: yeah and i'd imagine that there are some production companies out there that have less standards and um maybe that it's a girl who might be vulnerable but would be able to control her environment in the way that perhaps having to go somewhere else might not or is that was that would you say that's a misconception about the porn industry that you know it's
1: a slight misconception if you're a production company and you're known in the uk or anywhere and you actually are a production company with a crew of more than one then you're pretty safe you're 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 fine it's it's the guys who have just bought a video camera and then say hey i'm a production company do you want to come to my house and suck my cock and i'll film you there yeah. you know there's this like where's the line between okay surely you're just a punter hiring someone to have sex with you and calling yourself a production company you know there's this in so line the, where you're not quite sure
2: yeah so is there a, re- a regulation what what kind of regulation is there and uh, surely there, there is there any sort of safeguarding from say the government that might prevent someone from pretending to be a production company to or, or is it just it's diff- too difficult to police? What? What is that situation? Um,
1: I don't think there's any kind of um, governance or anything. It's just there's Twitter and models talk to each other and that's it. And as soon as um, a girl goes to a new production company and, and tries that and has a bad experience, she tells everyone and they're completely blacklisted. It's almost better than governance because it it's, quick. Uh, it's them talking... And yeah, and everyone and models and production companies they have um, WhatsApp groups that where they chat with each other and discuss all these things. So there's safety in being a tight knit community of models where everyone talks to each other and is open and honest with each other.
2: Um, yeah, and like you said, it much <clears throat> it is better than governance and government led sort of initiatives. While that those those, those are important you know having that works quickly one girl says don't go to this guy he's wrong then no one does and then it's over for him pretty much so yeah I can understand understand that that works a lot better um I was gonna ask and I don't know if you because I didn't uh, say that I was gonna ask you this before but I was wondering how um sort of being in the industry has affected your your um your relationship with sex at all
1: um I don't you know. De- I guess it made her. me not desensitized. I think it might be different if I was a performer and getting paid to have sex a lot. But when you're filming it and directing it, it's, it's very different from, from having sex yourself. And people do ask me that question. And um, I, think, I think being in the industry, because I was quite a shy person naturally, um, when I was younger and being in the industry and being a director and telling people what to do and being the guy in charge on a set and just saying, okay, this shot here, do this, do that has made me more of a confident person. Um, yeah. Yeah. I can understand that
2: as well. Definitely.
1: Cause imagine it, if, you, like,
2: if I was a kid and I was like, um, you know, I was like 16 and most, most, you know, movies would have you believe otherwise, but most, boys at 16 17 are typically quite shy it's quite a sensitive time and going uh, in and and i know that you was older was your 20 was your you early 20s when you started i was
1: 25
2: 25 so but 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 going in there and 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 like uh, and and being the director and, and in any sense but be, but but you know and, and having what i would i'd assume as sort of and this is again is this a misconception like a muscle-bound bloke with big with a massive dick and this beautiful woman listening to you as you direct them to do the best thing they can do would be quite empowering
1: yeah um i guess so yeah and uh, but you also become friends with all these people because um the uk industry especially is is quite small so you very quickly get to know everyone and just become pals Yeah, and you get to know the people that you like working with and you work with them over and over again so the idea of sex becomes it doesn't feel unattainable if you know what i mean and um and and when I'm chatting with people, if I'm at a party or if I'm around people and people know what I do, then I find that I don't have to try hard to, to make conversation. There's always <laughs> conversation because everyone has questions and everyone wants to know stuff. Yeah. And I always have lots of stories to tell. Um, yeah. So in that way, it's, it's like a, a lubricant for socializing.
2: Yeah, no, I get it. I get it completely. And what about um, what about when you're working? Is it do you feel that because it, it, it is work? I don't. I can't imagine all of the cameramen are walking around with stiffies, are they? They're just they're there to do a job. No. It becomes something. It, it, it isn't necessary. It's sex that you're watching, but it's not for your. It doesn't work in that same way because you're focusing on other things. I'd imagine is that right?
1: Yeah, that's that's totally it. It's completely work, and by the time we get to the sex, I'm usually pretty exhausted from shooting all of the acting stuff and i'm mostly just concentrating on getting the shots looking amazing making sure the lighting is great and i just you know we just want to get it done and go home because we've got to do something completely different the next day it's like a um a conveyor belt of of shooting stuff we just gotta get it get it done
2: and do, is is it something? Is it too personal to ask? Is it, is it? Do you watch porn recreationally now, or is it just sort of not? There's nothing, no appeal to it at all.
1: Uh, sure, yeah, um, but not the stuff that I've made. That would be weird. And if someone I know <laughs> yeah. is in it, yeah, <laughs> if if I if I recognize if I know the guy in it, I'm like, oh, I yeah. can't watch this. <laughs> it so like it, it limits mates. it a bit.
2: Yeah, well, and so in, in I'm gonna ask you another question. Are you sort of critical of other people's work then? I can't watch yeah, this, sometimes. it's beneath me.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, so especially if they're making if it's a movie that they've made, like I'll put on, um, what did I put on? Uh, it was a suicide squad parody, um. That Axel Braun had made, and everyone was talking about it at the time. So I was like, "Oh, cool. Okay, I'll, I'll check this out." And I was watching bits of it, and I was just like, "Ah, oh, that's that's disappointing." And oh, that's ah, oh. and oh, this Tommy guy is doing a really great job at being the Joker, but it looks kind of crappy, and people are liking this one. <laughs> um,
0: uh, <laughs> so yeah,
1: sometimes I'll I'll be critical of of stuff, and sometimes, and if I see a sex scene. Uh, I'll be like, no, don't put the camera there. You want it up here. But usually that's stuff that I'm editing because sometimes people will send me content to shoot, to edit myself, and I'll send it back to them to put on their OnlyFans. That's my side hustle. And uh, stuff that wasn't shot by me, very critical about I will just be shouting at the screen going what are you doing you imbecile don't put the camera there no put it on top you can't not that close what are you doing (laughs) what was
2: what is like a a major failure you think like a like a what's it like a your pet peeve with with footage that you get is it something like too close or what is it that that annoys you most
1: yeah actually it's too close it's um so the people who were prevalence when i started shooting um and these guys have been in the game for maybe 10 years or so they would shoot everything so close up for some reason i think it's because they were shooting on vhs or just starting on dv and it wasn't hd and so to get quality you have to go close up but these days you could shoot everything wide and just zoom in in post, and you still got it there because everyone's shooting in 4K. Mm. So you don't need to zoom in so much. And because everything's in 4K, it's almost too much detail. Like you don't want to see that much detail of a <laughs> cock and a pussy <laughs> come back. It's almost sexier to see the entire body getting fucked. Maybe a few close-ups, but not extreme close-ups, like like you're right there next to a cock. Nobody wants that. Some people want that. But <laughs> I,
2: I I know, now that you're saying this, it's not something that have been conscious of me, but that, I, that I've noticed. But when I was a kid, and you know, and you're finding tapes in your dad's cupboard, and you're like, oh, what's this? And, and there was a lot of close-up stuff, super close-up stuff. And it did yep. seem, it has seemed to phase out through the years. I think that, that might be the reason why. I'm glad I... I, I I appreciate that now. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, and and uh, would I would it would it be too private to ask about how your where your relationships have come from? Do Do you find that you have more relationships and more in common? And not just I'm not just talking about sort of sexual relationships. I'm talking about like you know friendships as well with people in the industry because they understand completely what you do or 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 do you find that it's better outside of the industry
1: um so i'm i'm friends with some people in the industry mostly with people outside the industry uh and i i've had some relationships with people in the industry i don't think i'd do that again um but I don't know, I think these days people know porn and it's a lot more mainstream than it was 10, 20 years ago. People get that it's there and so many people have an OnlyFans account. Even people who aren't traditional porn stars will have an OnlyFans account and will will sell pictures of themselves in bikinis and, and stuff. So I think a lot more people get it and have seen behind the scenes they've seen documentaries um, and are a lot more understanding and it's less uh taboo these days i guess
2: yeah so you don't, you wouldn't feel uncomfortable bringing
1: it up no no never no and i've always told myself that i'm always 100% honest if someone asks me what i do then i tell them and i don't apologize for it because that will almost make it seem like it's a bad thing when i'm i'm just doing a job
2: you're also doing something that like i said at the top of this interview is that this is people are fascinated by it they wouldn't be as huge as it is if um if if it wasn't something that serves the needs of so many people It's unbelievable probably more i'd imagine it serves the needs of more people than any other form of entertainment you know at all yeah probably well,
1: if you look and at there's the probably more to... of it as well there's so much of it getting made that it's it's endless like you know how you you say that um you could never watch all of the movies the, you know Hollywood movies made in your lifetime if you watch yeah. them back to back you, you'd never be able to watch them all Uh, compared to porn that's nothing like if you tried to watch all porn that's ever been made it would you'd just be you'd only watch a tiny little percentage pinprick amount it would yeah there's (laughs) so much of it which means there's so much crap but also um cream always rises to the top i like to think On on that
2: then um you mentioned at the beginning that you now work for brazzers which yeah if i'm right and i might be wrong that they seem to be the biggest company out there certainly the production values seem to be the highest
1: yeah so. they're one of the the biggest porn companies in the world yeah that was amazing getting starting um, shooting stuff for them so that was when i was working with a production company called kaizen triple x there was Brazzers had this competition And they sent, you could sign up to be, as a production company, to be involved in this competition to get a contract with Brazzers. They sent everyone the same script, which was set in a classroom. And we hired Danny D to come be the guy. And we had Kerry Louise to be the girl. We shot the scene, uh, sent it up to Brazzers and it it went really well. It's a really, really good scene and they, we didn't win. Someone, a production company in America won, but they were, they liked us so much and they liked Danny so much because he's hung like a horse. He, They gave Danny a uh, performing contract and they gave Kaizen a uh, producing contract for a year or so, um, shooting stuff that we were going to be um shooting all brazzers stuff in europe basically and from that moment on we were just a a brazzers production company shooting all these brazzers scenes and uh, i was writing all of the scripts at that time and i was also editing everything at that time Uh, but we just had a lot more money to play with which led us to um shooting cool films like uh, our Doctor Who parody, which was one some something that I wanted to do for a long, long time. And we did this Doctor Who parody called The Doctor. It was in three parts and it was just it was like proper filmmaking with a big budget and special effects and it was awesome. And I wrote the scripts as if they were real episodes from Doctor Who. I didn't make it too silly, didn't make it too porny. Yeah, the Doctor ends up having sex, but it's all proper sci-fi storylines within them. And it got nominated for an AVN award for several AVN awards. And I got nominated for best director for that. And it was this amazing thing where we're like oh my god i think we're gonna go to vegas to the avn awards which like the oscars of porn and none of us really thought that we were gonna win and i remember i had like a little flashback back to my relish days where i thought it would be so good to win some awards but we're, we're not making anything award worthy but it would be cool to to win an award for something and um and as I was working for Kaizen for television X, we won a few awards in the UK, which is great, but never any of the the big American stuff. It just always seemed way out of our league. And the doctor won three AVN awards, one for best um, sex scene in a foreign shop movie, one for best, um best foreign feature and one for best foreign director wow so i actually got an award with my name on it yeah and it. Was, and what, what did it that was do you? did epic. that
2: do anything for your career otherwise uh, other than obviously you was already working for browsers which is pretty good or almost fan- like it's fantastic but did did what, did what does that give you an element of credibility that you didn't have before
1: it did and it got It just made us known throughout the industry a a lot more, and um, Brazzers and Digital Playground, which is another company owned by the same people, they make more cinematic stuff, Um, we got bigger um, movies to work on, we did a couple of Star Wars parodies, and, and all these epic movies and Game of Thrones parodies, and I remember getting interviewed for Vanity Fair, for our Game of Thrones parody. Um, yeah, we, we were just making epic movies with big budgets and costumes and locations. We did one movie called League of Frankenstein, which is a mashup of all these public domain characters like uh, Frankenstein and Peter Pan, Tinker Bell, Alice in Wonderland and Tarzan. Um, all-fighting pirates from another dimension set in 1938 and i think that was our biggest movie that we've done and i like the story so much that i turned it into a book and i wrote a novel called league of frankenstein no sex in it it's almost like a children's <laughs> fantasy i just like the story so much yeah yeah look um... a- available on amazon now <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay yeah you just have to do you, is it under your name or is it under your pseudonym for what well, a better expression is it, uh, it's is under it Rick, Bush? Bush, that, Rick Bush that book yeah um, okay, I've got a couple more questions actually just on that I, I, I kind of wanted to end, end on this but I've got other questions before but it kind of links better now is that you seem since we started talking you seem so um, interested in the, still in the craft of filmmaking and people outside the industry would say that um certainly without having watched the films you've just described would say that that that's not what pornography is about It's it's fundamentally about the sex but you still seem completely driven by narrative and and, and structure do you do you do you have any aspirations to 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 do stuff outside of uh of porn have you ever thought about moving in that di- i'm sure you have but what, what what did you think about moving in that direction
1: uh yeah that was the plan 16 years ago to do this for <laughs> for a short amount of time and then get some money together, shoot a, a short film, have that win lots of awards, and then I'd be filming the next Star Wars movie. Mm. That's how it works, right? But um, yeah. no, people just kept offering me more and more money to make porn movies for them. And it's very difficult to say no when people are offering you lots of money and lots of definite work. But I have made uh, a few short films. I made a sketch comedy series on YouTube featuring porn stars. And um, and I've written a few scripts, currently writing a feature film script, which which may happen. It's still something that I'd like to do. That's sort of the last thing on my bucket list. One was to to write a novel, and I wrote two novels, and one is to to write and direct a feature film, which I will do at some point.
2: Yeah, that's 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 yeah, that's um, yeah, when when you know, when you listen to you, obviously, it's still such an intrinsic part of um, of the work that uh, it, it's, uh it's a good thing. Uh, I'd, I'd look forward to seeing that, and I'm going to check your book out as well. Uh, I just want to take you back to a couple of things I picked up as we were talking. Um, Danny D, is it Danny D? Yep, Danny, Danny D. What did what was so impressive about his performance? I know you said he was he's hung like a horse, but it, it's it's more than just having a big dick, right?
1: It is. He's a really good actor, and he's funny, and he can do the serious stuff as well. So, at, right now, I work with his production company. It's his production company that hires me to shoot stuff for Brazzers, and um, he's. He can play anything, that's what's great about Danny, is that if we're doing a comedy, he he has great comedic timing, and he can do different accents, and he can play different characters, he can play it um, the tough guy, he can play the, the nerdy guy, and then you can also write dramatic stuff for him, and he can play dramatic. Uh, we've put him in lots of action movies as well, and he can do the action... He's just very malleable. You can do. You can put Danny as as any kind of character. So he, and that's he's, a good,
2: he's a good actor, and he can play characters.
1: That's it. And, and he knows what he's doing with the sex stuff as well.
2: Yeah. So what, 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 I guess that's what I'm trying to boil down into is obviously that performing and do it, and knowing what what what. When I said knowing what to do, I don't even know what I'm saying when I'm what what I mean by that. What 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 does he have to do that's different from having normal sex is it just so you can see everything is it being able to get into positions that are uncomfortable but be able to hold it is it that kind of thing
1: uh yeah so a porn star will have to have sex but not for them they have to do it for the camera which means lots of turning your body into weird positions which might not feel comfortable but it looks good for the camera and if you've got a big cock, it's a lot easier to get into those positions where you're sort of opening up and, uh, and turning your body so you can see. And a good porn star will know how to adjust their body and adjust the model's body to make it look good for camera. And I've worked with lots and lots of people and the guys who are at the lower ends of the industry they just have sex and you have to tell them, okay, I need you to do this. Okay, can you just turn here? Okay, just open up a little bit. Can you just move here? Okay, just don't put your hand there. And it interrupts the flow of the sex. You're never gonna get a great sex scene with super professionals like Danny. I hardly have to say anything at all because Danny knows exactly what he's doing. He'll know where the camera is. He'll keep one eye on it. And he will move the girl into positions. And if she's moving into the wrong position, he will move her into the position where we wanted to go to or what looks better for camera. He'll recognize where the lights is coming from and open up so the light gets in. And he'll do all that subconsciously almost. So he's almost directing
2: and, as well to some degree as he's, as he's having sex.
1: Yeah, it's like he's directing himself, but that's, it's going to make the best sex scene and every now and then i'll i'll say hey how about we get into this position because we haven't done that or if he's having too much fun i'll go dan just remember there's a camera here um Um... but uh but yeah it's very collaborative the uh filming a sex scene it isn't just about the director saying okay do this do that i want yeah i want emotion on your face it's it's a collaboration with whoever's holding the camera directing it and the performers it's like this dance that everyone's doing and if everyone knows what they're doing and is working in conjunction with everyone then you get an amazing sex scene
2: um i imagine someone less experienced than danny um being interrupted and asked to stop doing what they're doing might it might it might take them. It might take them out of the mood somewhat, and they might find it difficult to maintain an erection. Is that that, that must be common? Is it or?
1: Um. I, yeah, that can be common. Thankfully, the people that I tend to work with are at the, the upper end of of everything and don't tend to have that problem. Well, uh, so they're just hard. Yeah, for, like, that the whole that scene. can happen. Uh. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah.
2: Hmm that is impressive
1: <laughs> that, that is but it gets everything done and that's that's the job and that's why not many guys are in the industry because it's uh, a very I was going to say a very hard job
2: <laughs> yes it, it must be difficult because there's the mental aspect of it there's the fact yeah. that obviously they're they have to be aroused by the scene but being in that environment might not by terrifying for most people I'd imagine Certainly, and 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 obviously the male aspect of it is that they can physically see whether they're turned on or or not. Um, yeah. So yeah, there is. And a... I think
1: it, it's it's just practice, and it's just doing it for a good year. Like it's very uncommon for a guy just to start at the top and just be amazing. Everyone pays their dues. Everyone gets in at the bottom and has and is really crap at doing it, and don't really know what they're doing. But they, uh, back in the day, they just worked for some of the lower end production companies. They get paid a little bit to come in and do something, and they just get used to it. And the more they work, they spend a year doing that kind of stuff, and then they could work for the bigger companies. These days, it's all about OnlyFans and collaborating with other models and shooting content. But even then, It's usually just a couple of models and a phone filming everything. There's no crew. So moving into big production companies, getting filmed by an entire crew, a guy with a a boom microphone standing there, two guys on camera, makeup artist in the corner, uh, can be daunting and different and a lot of pressure. And it's the guys who just don't, care about that pressure who really make it it's the guys who don't think a lot this might sound a bit harsh but it was always the guys with not a lot going on upstairs who were really good at the sex just because they were like oh, 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 have sex oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but you couldn't have a conversation with them afterwards but at least they're doing a, a good so sexing that, essentially
2: that for whatever reason they don't over overthink the scenario they're in they are just um they're able to just uh, perhaps there isn't an element of compartmentalization but there was just they are able to just get on with it because they're not overthinking it because that's the worst thing about maintaining an erection as soon as a certain thought might come into your head you're like oh fuck it's over (laughs) you know i'm
1: never getting this back certainly not in the next hour um that's it that's exactly it so if you're a kind of guy who never has a thought in their head you're not going to have that problem (laughs)
2: <laughs> indeed indeed all right i think, I think that's a great way to, to to end it thank you so much um just just quickly you mentioned uh, a book so it was uh rick bush yep and if yep, you want to find a go...
1: couple of books available league of frankenstein and my thriller is uh, a better way to kill